All right. Welcome to the first ever Grandstand podcast episode where will we where we will be discussing the spectacle of sport. What do we mean by spectacle? So let's let's talk about spectacle, about the theater of this uh, seemingly unimportant and infantile drama, a drama which nonetheless mirrors our society and parts of the human condition in the same way that art, music, film, and politics does. So whether you're a fan or not of the spectacle of sports, the games we play and spectate involve us all directly and indirectly. Sport of every kind can be elevated to what some critics may call art. Sport is a perfect package of simple metaphor and narrative that helps enliven the everyday conversation of the mythology, sociology, and politics of daily life. The theater of sports, although impermanent, is always leaving traces behind to add to the history of our narrative. Sport speaks to the present and often is established in the future long before we even get there or are aware of it. But most importantly, the spectacle of sports politicizes us. Whether we like it or not, it forces us into the sociological and political. To quote Thomas Mann, everything is politics. And sports, like us, are all a big part of that everything. So I'd like to share three uh, stories that relate some of the ideas that we've been um, have been kind of brewing or, or we've been fostering here uh, at uh, Grandstand. I'd like to start with in 1929, Il Duce Benito Mussolini established Serie A, the Italian National Football or Soccer League or Calcio, as they say in Italian. The Italian state invested in the infrastructure necessary to transform soccer into a mass spectator sport and to help foster what was referred to as risorgimento, resurgence, and to promote national unity. So then in 1934, he went ahead and persuaded FIFA to allow him to host the 1934 World Cup, which Italy won over Czechoslovakia thanks to a handball that never existed. Winning the World Cup, of course, goes a long way for nationalistic pride, and it is very important if you're a dictator looking for symbols of propaganda to promote fascist ideals. Mussolini's party built soccer fields all over Italy, 3,200 of them, between 1922 and 1930. The Italian state also subsidized the production and dissemination of transistor radios to broadcast the games in rural parts of Italy, places where, at the time, uh, were not accessible to the state. In Italy, at that time as well, uh, specific forms of consumerism were discouraged through heavy taxes on luxury goods, but not ticket prices and train fares for, uh, to the cities on game day. Those both were subsidized to ensure greater turnout for live games and to cultivate a culture of spectacle. In this case, a culture of spectacle with fascist undertones. In a later episode, we will be speaking to Nathan Eisenberg, who recently published a fascinating article in the New Inquiry on fandom, fascism, and ultras in soccer.
And in America, in 1967, the first uh, AFL-NFL World Championship game, also known as, a su as Super Bowl One between the NFL Green Bay Packers and the AFL Kansas City Chiefs, had a very peculiar halftime glitch. The kickoff to start the second half had to be re-kicked because NBC had not come back from commercial break. One of the reporters was uh, interviewing Bob Hope, I believe, because this was the first official championship between the NFL and AFL. Both leagues had contracts with separate broadcasters, NBC with the NFL and CBS with the AFL. So they both showed the game and apparently had a hard time getting coordinated. By the way, the game was also blacked out in Los Angeles. The game was held at the L.A. Coliseum. And at the time, the NFL had a policy of blacking out all games in the local market, even if the game was sold out. So from the outset, it was very clear who the game was being played for. Not the fans who had paid for a ticket or the players in the stadium, but for the broadcasters and advertisers selling potato chips to us at home. And finally, in 1992, in the city of Baltimore, Maryland, the Orioles opened Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Camden Yards was the first of the retro downtown ballparks, as they called them. You know, this is a beautiful, this was a stadium, a physical and historical testament of baseball's return from America's suburbs to the city. And, and you know, at the same time, it paralleled the, it was a parallel with the arrival of the middle-class, college-educated consumers to the revitalizing downtown urban cores. By 2012, every city, baseball city in America, save for Oakland and Toronto and Miami, Miami has a new stadium, but it's not a retro ballpark, they all had new downtown retro ballparks. This is significant because if you happen to be a city dweller and enjoy the comforts of the new urban reality with its low crime rate and broken windows type pacifism, you have baseball to thank you, to, to thank for part of it. Many cities in America experience unprecedented periods of monetary investment in the urban core with uh, the anchored and, and anchored and subsidized by downtown retro ballpark redevelopment projects. And of course, an appeal to nostalgia and the new American city dweller archetype. And speaking of archetype, it's no coincidence that as interest in baseball declined, football fandom grew. And it was after World War II in the late 50s to 60s that the archetypal American identity evolved from a country of immigrants to a conquering culture of wartime camaraderie that, of course, American football and its attack and conquer by force metaphor came along to displace baseball as the American pastime. There again, sports telling the story. George Carlin has a very famous bit about this comparing baseball and football metaphors. I recommend you check it out. So, will we see the slow decline of football in our lifetime? Is football, football to me is looking like cigarettes with all the CTE drama. The, is that what they call it, Manny? Yeah. The, the, the brain stuff. So whether football or not has peaked, or if WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, it can be called a, a real sport, 
can soccer ever prosper in the United States? Does the Mexican national team have the mindset to win the World Cup? Or will basketball take over as a national pastime? That's what we want to talk about here at Grandstand. 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 Greetings. Today on this episode, we have with me Mr. Manny Garcia calling us or checking in from New York City. Manny, uh, professor of sociology, one of the uh, fine universities there. And your host here, Mario Garcia, uh, sports spectator, lover of all things sports and uh, the theater of sports. So hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. Uh, a, a big fan of the Mexican national team, the the San Diego Padres. Uh, broke up with the San Diego Chargers, and um, a big fan of Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah. Who do you who do you root for, Manny? Uh, that sounds about. Oh wait, yeah, I forgot to mention Cholos. It's my new baby. Yeah. So I would say the same. I'm, you know, the fact we we both grew up in in San Diego, and so Padre fan. Um, Charger fan, um, fan of the green team in soccer, and, and I guess because we grew up in because I grew up in San Diego, um, I never really had a, a club soccer team that, that I followed. Right. Um, I guess kind of, sort of, uh, Chivas just because of my dad. Right. Um, but I never re- was really like I was never actually a fan. I never really followed them. Right. 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 Um, but um, and and yes. Uh, even though he's an individual, um, I think uh, for any Mexican, Mexican-American, um, Julio Cesar Chavez is, he's, he's a one-man army um, that, you know, he, just an, an, an absolute icon. As, he had the same effect as the Mexican national team as far as getting Mexicans together. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, boxing... It, it doesn't have the same potential, but it, it, it boxing can um, has has some has power in in, in Mexico, in Mexican culture, because right. they're, they're in here. I think here here I'm, I I don't know the, the actual demographic numbers, but um, I think we can safely say the the Mexican fan base in in boxing here in America is um, I I, I want to say the backbone, but if not that. Um, at the very least, a v- extremely significant um, portion of, of boxing's fan base. Right, right. I would agree with that. And do you know who the most popular who the most popular soccer team in America is? <laughs> uh, not Team USA. No, it's <laughs> it, um, it's it's uh, the the Mexican national team, the Mexican men's national team, most popular soccer team in America. Uh, I like. I just like to say that out loud as often as I can. Uh, um, you know, you made me. You made me think of something when you were talking about um, having grown up with with following a team and how you develop that that connection. But um, it makes me think of of Nico, Dio Nico. 
um, who's who who is a, a a big time Dodger fan. This this uncle, and I always wondered why he rooted for the Dodgers. If if he was part, you know, he lived in San Diego. But you know what I realized later is that he he was a Dodger fan before the Padres even existed. So therefore, his loyalties to were always going to be to the team that he first had a connection to. You know, and I always wondered like. If if the if San Diego ever got an MLS team, which it looks like it's never going to happen, I just could never root for a San Diego team. I'd always root for Cholos, even though my my relationship to it is still in its like nascent stage. I'm still trying to figure out if this is something I want to commit to, because you know, quite frankly, all the teams I root for they they break my heart often. So, you know, how do, how does how does one come to to associate themselves with a team? Like, do do you have any 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 feelings about that, Manny? Can you root for a team that is not that is not like either your father's team or or you don't live in that city or you're not part of that country? How does that work to you? How, what do you think? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I I think and actually like literature supports this as far as you know p- uh, people who have done research on this. Um, it really it, it comes down to either uh, the, the 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 dominant uh, reason for uh, uh, individuals uh, you know associating with a team is just geography you know where where you're from um, the the second strongest is is family um, and I and actually and those actually could be are can they might be interchangeable as far as you know they usually go hand in hand but. Um, but then there is also just kind of the, the the third group is people who who are fans of a team for uh, the logo, for the colors. Um, uh, for some, it's it's the the first time that they watched, like the first time that they saw a sport, and the first team that they saw win. Right. And then from that moment on, they they are they root for that team, um, and so yeah, I do think you know it is you, we we see it all the time, and I think a. a a great example of it is is all the um, the people outside of Europe, um, and we can say so like Americans, um, although you know it exists outside of just America, but people who who have their like EPL team or their right. you know, or their La Liga team, right? Um, which for me personally, um, I've always you know at least I, I have no problem with it, but but. Um, I've rooted for teams based on based on family or geography. Like uh, right. I, I for for my my entire youth, I was actually like a hardcore 49er fan. Um, Why is that? It was it was passed down to me from from my dad. Um, my dad is a big 40, you know, from my family and their history in, in the Bay Area and. He he was he was a a forty nine er fan. He was you're, actually you're, there he, again. You're getting back to geography and region, you know. And yeah, then, and then the the connection through family. Right, and so it was, and so it wasn't until, um, as I got older, I just I, I I just didn't feel that I I, I realized that my it wasn't a strong connection, you know, and and it, and it wasn't it, my dad passed on passed that on to me, but it's not like he. He was no longer a diehard, you know, fan. So it's not like him and I were, you know, watching the Niners together right, and stuff right, like that. Right. So, so really, what eventually it was like I I spend more time watching the Chargers. Um, and 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 shit, like I'm from I'm I live in San Diego. I'm from San Diego. Right. Um, it eventually transitioned into. Although I always liked it, I always watched the Chargers. Always rooted for them, but but that I had a really strong connection to the Niners just just because of my dad. Um. 
and so so for me it's all it's either family or it's geography and so i've i'm i'm extremely i'm fascinated by how people can can you know as adults decide to um you know pick a team in europe pick a team and you know just go like um I'm going to start rooting for Liverpool. Like, that's going to be my team. And not, not even rooting for them, but, you know, diehard fans. Like, you know, they, they find their – at least if you're in a big – like here in New York, if you root for any uh, any EPL team, mm-hmm. uh, you can find a bar where, where you will find more than enough people to watch, watch that team, uh, watch their games. You know, people gather um, at soccer bars. And so I think it's interesting for – for you to be able to have such a strong connection to a team that you don't have, it's, it's not passed down from family. It has, you, you, you've never lived in the place. Um, you, you know, you have no connection to the, to the city that, that, that the team represents. Um, but I think what, what it, what it kind of is, at least for fans here, for American soccer fans, um, I think sometimes when you root for a team outside of your, your community, it's kind of it's your way of 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 asserting your individuality right and in a right. way i think american american soccer fans that's part of their thing is like yeah we we like soccer you know it's a, it's it's a you're you're kind of going against the 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 cultural grain at least the mainstream cultural grain and you're you know you're 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 asserting yourself as part of this group of of americans who um who are you can argue you know more sophisticated, um, you know more more worldly, um, appreciate the beauty of this game that you know that um, that ignorant Americans just don't get, um, right? And so I think that's you know f- for them it's it's that's part of the draw to it is um, that's part of the draw of rooting for a team overseas is. Um, it's yeah, kind of, and you and you know, I, you you mentioned earlier how you know you didn't have. I always I've always called myself up until Cholos came on the scene. I always referred to myself as a soccer orphan. You know, I I grew up as a I grew up a hardcore baseball fan because that was the game I played as a child. That was the game that I excelled at. So therefore, that was kind of what I identified with and. And I have a really strong sense of, of, of place, of identification with a geographical place. So therefore, to me, it's absolutely unacceptable for someone to root for a team that is um, not from, like the, the kind of the examples that you gave, you know. But at the same time, I, I say that, and, and, and I'm, of course, I'm being, I, I'm, I, I'm being a little. I'm being a little hard, only to make a point. The point is, I really don't care ultimately if you root for Manchester City or Manchester United. I mean, I when I when Barcelona plays, I like to watch them. I I will, you know, it makes me happy when Barcelona scores versus Real Madrid scoring. But I'm not a Barca fan. You understand? Yeah. Um, but but as a as a soccer well the re, well the reason I say the thing about baseball is that I was a big Padre fan, and then something happened in in my you know my mid 20s which which um kind of my my interest because i think because of the mexican national team that changed and 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 my focus became the, the same way i obsessed over baseball i started to obsess over soccer and specifically the mexican national team because up until that point i did not have a soccer team to root for and i always felt so phony saying 
you know, I'm going to root for, 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 uh, for, for Manchester United or something like that. As much as I wanted to, because it's, it's there's an appeal to it. You know, like you said, the colors, the symbols, maybe a, a specific player, something that, that you want to identify with, as you were saying. And, and, um, but, but I, I, I feel like, uh, under those circumstances, especially in a town that doesn't have a soccer team, and 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 maybe you don't like the Mexican uh, Liga MX, so therefore you don't want to root for uh, for Cholos. I, I understand that, but um, I, I I I think I think it's um I think it's I find it odd that somebody would root for a team overseas that they have absolutely you know sometimes they haven't even been to the city of the team they're rooting for. Yeah, I could see you go to, you know, you go to Florence and you fall in love and you want to root for Fiorentina, you know. Um, but I, I, I just don't – I have a hard time with it. And and the other thing, you know, kind of – is it possible to, to, to change teams to say I'm no longer going to root for this one and root for this other one? Different, I think, than saying – I grew up being a 49er fan, but by circumstance, now I'm a Charger fan, you know, uh, saying like, you know what, I'm going to no longer root for the Buffalo Bills. Now I'm going to root for the for the um, for the St. Louis Rams. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm not even I, I can't really wrap my head like, yeah, I, I think and <laughs> maybe I'm biased. I I. I don't see I my situation the way I did I think is uh I don't see a problem with it for 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 various reasons as far as I think part of it is just age and then another one just being if you end up going uh if 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 you end up coming back to root for your home team you know it just that makes sense uh right right as far as suddenly just switching like uh you know in your in your thirties or something to start rooting for, um, for another team. Um, uh, unless, un- unless it involves the fact that, that your team was uprooted and, and moved to another city. Right. Um, something along those lines. I just don't really, um, I, uh, I don't really get it. I, I, I actually, I don't even know anybody who's ever done that. Do you? I do. I do actually. Somebody I really, uh, I really respect and admire as a, as a friend, and maybe not as a, maybe we need to have him on the show one time so, so he can maybe he can expand on his 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 moral reasons for justifying his change. Remember John Rodriguez? Yeah. Um, J Rod, uh, he even had a ceremony. He he stopped rooting. He quit rooting for. I forget how it happened, but I don't know if he quit rooting. But he essentially said, starting this year, I'm going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Like no shit, like that's what he said, okay. And he had this whole ritual that he was going to go through, and he's going to, you know, he's going to get a hat, and he, I forget everything. And what, like I said, what was he, who was he a fan of before that? I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't know. Maybe the Chargers. Like was it? He was a fan of his hometown team, or uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't. I remember. That's why I'm saying we. But I, I do know one person, and I and I um. I, I have had exchanges with people who 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 say well I, you know I can talk about my my uh, my uncle Lalo who 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 roots for whoever's in the World Series 
you know, which which is kind of despicable considering he's a hardcore baseball fan. So maybe he's just maybe this maybe this is a, maybe this is a good time to transition into to this next idea. That, you know, um, I feel like maybe because 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 sport has become such an embedded part of of of. Basically, economics have completely co-opted sports, and it's no longer, you know, the, the the you know who the first team ever to wear a logo on their soccer jersey was. No, it was Liverpool, and you know the way that they worked that out before is that they would, um, they would. Um, so before it was the 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 teams would pay, say for example, Adidas. This is in the I want to say like 70s, early 80s. They would they would go to Adidas and they would say, "Hey, you know, we're gonna buy uniforms and we're gonna buy Adidas uniforms, right?" Um, but then they realized that you know I think the, the first logo that was put on a shirt was Hitachi. You know that electronics band, brand. Yeah. Was the logo on the Liverpool uh, football club? And, you know, I, I don't know what the sum was, but they paid money essentially to advertise on uh, on the soccer jersey. But what that did is it, it not only did it revolutionize this idea of putting a logo on there, but instead of the soccer teams paying Adidas or at this, now Nike, I, I used to be Adidas and maybe Umbro and other, other brands that were specific soccer brands, um, <laughs> the brand started now you know, of course, now Adidas will pay millions of dollars to sponsor, you know, the Spanish national team. Whereas before, you know, when soccer teams realized, like, hey, this we can make money by slapping a logo on this thing. And and what I what I the reason I bring that up is because we talked about symbols and the reasons we root and we talk about colors and connections. And you know, sports lend them lends sports lends itself to you know full like co-option or, or to be completely co-opted by by you know the mercenary capitalist system that chooses to imprint a logo in every single place that we possibly can find one and soccer uh is a great place for that you know race cars there's a bunch of other sports that that uh, lend themselves to that but um i feel like that that was a turning point in sports because it it took it from hey, I'm gonna go down to the pub and or to the bar, or wherever the hell, or or down to the stadium to watch my team play, you know, and 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 follow these guys. That basically they would stay on the same team for year after year after year, and you would root for this team, and maybe occasionally you'd sign one guy, or you know, uh, it was I think it was in the 70s when free agency was a bit, you know, when free when uh, there was a player who won a case. I think it was. A, forget the name of the player, baseball player who basically won a free agency arbitration hearing against a major league baseball team. And he became a free, basically the first free agent and he was able to negotiate his contract. So I, I don't necessarily think it's bad. I don't see this as, I don't, I, I would follow sports either which way I, I'm not nostalgic, nor do I like, am I romantic for a time when, you know, players stayed on one single team. Although I do like the idea of that. I I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not offended by it, but here's my point. My point is um, the, the 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 commercialization, the 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 free agency, the slapping a logo on a on a shirt, the the um, the the we can make money, you know, 
even while even while you know like uh, one of the big reasons that soccer supposedly was never going to take off in America is because there's no commercial breaks but I think I see more commercials when I watch a soccer game than when I watch a, a baseball or a football game because it's right there constantly um, that I think brought about the rise of, of fans following individual athletes and I'm into that but I feel like it, it has completely changed the way we spectate the sport and also the way that the game is sold to us. And thus, it, it, makes, it, it makes the fan like a free agent now. No longer have to be tied down to the chains of, loca- of location, uh, family heritage. And now the fan gets to choose where he wants to spend his dollars and what's going to make him more happy. What's your take on that? That's an interesting connection. Um, I guess maybe that planted the, the seed... To where I still think it, it, it really, um, I think f- family and, and geography are always going to be, you know, tradition and, and geography are always going to be um, at the heart of, of, of the way we, you know, the, the, the teams that, that we identify with. And sports um, do give us, sports, sports is a perfect vehicle for that because you can count right. on every year being partaking in this ritual and every year there'll be a champion you know it's perfect it's perfect for that for yeah. ritual for tradition I, th- I think which which we've we've talked about before i think really what what's what's um you know perhaps that planted the seed but 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 what's really um where we're really starting to see this um is is of course with the with with the fantasy leagues um, right um that that's what's what's uh really intensifying um, this shift in in fandom, where where yeah, where uh, fans are, um, their their team loyalties are starting to be a little bit compromised um, as they th- their involvement their 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 involvement in the game is is complete in the spectacle is uh, is is completely different now, um, and and it's showing. I mean that there's there there is actually there's there's data on that too. That that's showing that um, that. Uh, Team loyalties are um, are changing the the way right. fan, the way right. fans um, th- their loyalty to teams are um, are changing in that they have you know they have these eight guys or whatever however many players you know people have on their fantasy teams um, where people are are now feeling um, if if your team is losing say say your team is having a losing season and they're playing at one o'clock and on the other channel is another team right. um, and and the game is, you know, we can say it's a more competitive game, but more importantly, uh, the quarterback on that other team is, is on your fantasy team. Now you're having fans that are, that are switching over to that. And so this, yeah, this, this, now this new phenomenon of, of starting rooting for, for players instead of teams. Yeah, we're definitely, we're, we're seeing it. Which, which I don't know. I wonder if it, that's always been the case, and just in different ways. Um, but definitely, it's we we can we can easily see it with fantasy leagues now. Which I wonder if it's a new thing or not. And 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 the and the the tenor of the game is changing to cater to the fantasy experience. Yeah, you know. And I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily. I have my reasons for why I root and why I tune in on Sunday or Saturday or Tuesday night. Um, I, I've participated in fantasy leagues. I, I, I actually, I, I don't like the, I just, I can't say that I've enjoyed them. And, um, 
only maybe because I lost. <laughs> well, um, and it, it, it takes work. I mean, well, yeah, uh, it, and it, I, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it, I don't think it's, um, you know, I, I, my frustration was that I'd always say, well, you know, I have no control over how this guy does, and of course, if I, if I, if I, like you said, if I had done the work, done my homework, and researched that this this running back was going to have a shitty game against, you know against a, a Green Bay's defense, and I would never play. I, I mean, I understand that part, the complexity of it, and I know that it's more than just luck, although you could certainly argue against or for it. But anyways, um, the, the, the way the game is catered to the, the, the individual fan who's following individual athletes, it, it's shifting how the, the game is presented. And I feel like for me, when I start to feel like it infringes upon my experience and I feel betrayed or I feel like, man, why can't it just be like, you know, you come and you sit and you watch this game and then the game's over and either you lost or you won, you won and then you go home and then you lament it or you talk about it and or, you you know, you start a podcast. Um, uh, instead, it to me that the the infringement of the of the, the, the fantasy experience makes it so that when I go to a game and because everyone's uh, it seems to me like uh, attention span is has been reduced to to practically nothing so now you're you know you're you're following three teams at once or you're following three players at once and you know that when you go to the the, the the baseball game you can't just sit in between innings and shoot the shit with your friends you you know you have to you have to watch a racing hot dog you know or you have to you have to, you know, you know, listen to 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 to, to some guy sing the the, the Star Spangled or the, the America the Beautiful, whatever, however, whatever they however they present the spectacle. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think that my experience is ever going to vanish because they're always going to have to be games. But I feel like the more and more the the fantasy the 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 individual sport. The individual athlete or individual player becomes the focus. It shifts from 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 following a team and and the tradition and the heritage involved in, in being a part of this. So now all of a sudden, it's a uh, you know, I'm I, I have to now eventually maybe convert and follow players and not team so much because the experience won't be tailored for me. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, th- I think that is. I think that's very possible. Um, we, yeah, we we definitely can see the the the, the experiencing um, being more tailored to that. Uh, it's funny. I, I was just recently listening to to some complaints um, on the radio about, uh, or actually, more uh, the Chargers just played in Green Bay, right. and um, and they were saying how how the fan experience um, at the at, at Green Bay Stadium is is similar you know it's 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 like a um it's more it's like a basketball game you know it's it's like you know it's it's just it's non-stop you know non-stop uh non-stop activities you know it's like uh, right. you, you know right. you're, you're you're being bombarded with right. with uh, all kinds of um tasks and and you know and, and forms of entertainment the entire game as opposed to like you know Qualcomm Stadium is is like a relic in in it's it's a it's <laughs> Qualcomm is right. old school like it's still the right. whole like uh and now second down you know like <laughs> you know it's still that guy with that voice and um right 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 they they don't you know Qualcomm doesn't fuck with any of that stuff um which which is the Good. complaint 
right so so, so so to some it's like yeah that's that's fine you know that's and and to others it's like dude like i just came back from jerry world you know i just came back from cowboy stadium and like <laughs> there was fucking lights and fireworks and this and that you know and 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 music and you know like that's what we need and 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 the thing is um that's the direction we're going in so so whether it be at qualcomm or whether it's going to be at carson or inglewood i mean the the chargers are going to eventually have that every team is going to eventually you know is is in the process of of conforming to that and and so that's one one aspect of it the other one is is how the fantasy leagues are are completely changing the experience right. um no i mean completely and and i think i think it's inevitable um you know the you know th- things are always going to you know things are always every, everything's fluid um but i i don't really see i don't see too big of a problem for it because it's it it's ultim- i don't think it's it's disrupting what's at the heart of of why of, of right. why you, why, you, why you're, we you're never going to be able to get rid of like you're you're not going to modify the way a baseball game is played you know if, then, even then i think even you you could modify the way that the the game is i, I think it's <laughs> i'm just saying it's still going to be 9 innings it's still going to be 3 outs you, no, think, you, you think that'll change too? I'm saying you could, and it's very possible it will with baseball, like because mm. uh, that's you know that's the complaint with baseball. It's too slow and boring. boring. And, yeah. um, I I wouldn't be shocked if if our children or our grandchildren are are watching a game with 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 significantly different rules. Um, in the end, I still don't think that. Ma- in in the end, even if it even if baseball realizes, you know what, what we need to do is actually, um, uh, you know, let's we need to just like let's just write the script like let's just right, let's right. just like let's just rig like uh write storylines like you know and we'll we'll write out who's going to win the world series and we'll make right. really dramatic I, they could even do that and and in the end it's still not going to take away from ultimately why 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 we're I, fans i i agree 100% with that i'm still going to watch i'm still going to tune in cuz yeah i agree i agree and which is why I, I mentioned at the beginning that, that maybe WWE will become the <laughs> national pastime or or some interpretation of that. You know, could you see the, the NFL, like you said, scripting their season? I could totally see that. And, and um, number one, number two, um, the the, the I, I want to propose something. Um Maybe it's already maybe it already has the name, but I propose that um, the 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 old timey traditional way of of spectating, you know, the, the the you go with your pappy to the to the cathedral, as I, I heard you call it one time, the stadium, whatever sport you follow, doesn't matter, and uh, and you go to the cathedral, you buy a ticket, you sit in the stands, you know, you buy a coke or a beer and, and a program, and you keep score or you. Yeah, you look for your fair player or whatever, but you you sit in the stands and and the game's over and your team won or lost. Um, can we can we can we uh, can we give a name to that fan or that that kind of spectating and, and, and can we call those people a, a heritage fans? What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, yeah. Huh? At, at this point, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean those are the those are, those are the purists. Because <laughs> once we. Purist just sounds. Yeah, uh, I guess it sounds pretentious in a different way as heritage does too. Heritage reminds me of of um, of 
of a of a nice pair of boots or or uh, or a piece of ham. But um, what if what if um, um, this this idea of the heritage fan catches on and and then the the way I see it coming back and the 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 tide the 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 tide shifting and coming back in the direction of the old timey. I went to the game with my Pappy fan. Is that they find out that we're demographic, and they they have stuff to sell to us, and then and then maybe they will uh, eventually we will, you know, this idea of going to a game will be something novel, and 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 people will go, whoa, it's really cool. All you do is sit and watch, and then you wait for a winner and a loser. What do you think of that? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think, yeah, um, uh, and we we've I, I've talked about that before with with. Uh, with with Ryan with my buddy mm-hmm. um where you know that that's it, it very well could just be a a matter of of a, of a pendulum swing um or actually well not necessarily but if we if it goes gets to an extreme of of the game changing um it's very possible that um that a return to uh, to the more traditional form of the game will will eventually make a comeback because yeah because of its it'll be its novelty at the at the time um would the thesis provides the antithesis apply here yeah 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 <laughs> in the end it's it's it, it really it, it comes down to the market and it comes down to it, it, it comes down to big money that's kind of inevitably always going to dictate <laughs> So I mean, because I mean, you said it right. Uh, when they realize, like, oh, we here's a demographic, and the the, the next right. ob- the ne- the obvious next question is, okay, so how can we sell to them? Right. Um, that's why. That's why I think it's important to label to label the 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 old timey fan, for lack of a better word, as heritage. So therefore, you know, uh, speed up the process of, of, of becoming a demographic so that they can finally come sell something to us. And, and maybe, you know, just like you can, um, you can buy artisanal, uh, you can buy an artisanal Coke or an artisanal watch or an artisanal latte, you'll be able to purchase an artisanal sport experience. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. In Brooklyn. Our, our, our artisanal uh, jerseys are, are a big hit. So um so so that'll be the next that'll be that'll be the next form of that. Two things before we go I want to say um uh, I saw I saw this story about a guy in Brooklyn selling uh um artisanal um what do you call those sticks that hobos carry? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a joke, right? It was supposed to be a joke, but but um I thought that was that was pretty clever. Number one, uh speaking about artisanal uh, uh um and uh, I think some people actually bought some of them. You know, it was obviously meant to be ironic. The other thing is, is is a bandwagon fan the same thing as a rat, or are they above it? Above, above, above. Uh, are, what? Where's the place of a bandwagoner? Do we we have love for those people? Um, no, no. Like uh, if <laughs> on on an emotion on an emotional level, like my initial reaction is no. Um, on a if if I take a step back and think about it logically, um, then I I I don't have a problem with them. Yeah, um, right. Because when you think about it logically, it makes sense. Like, uh, right. Yeah. Um, you get wrapped up in the euphoria of winning. It's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, 
why why wouldn't you want to root for winners? <laughs> and that's what and that's the justification that I think people who switch teams provide for why they switch teams is that as far as what I've you know from my experience with talking to people and, and reading things online is that people say, well, I, I I watch sports and I root for a team because you know it makes me happy. It's entertainment. You know, if I wanna if I wanna entertain myself and make myself happy, why am I gonna pick a product that makes me feel like shit? Because it loses, so therefore I'm gonna root for a team that wins. So therefore I'm entitled to switch teams. So these are these are really important questions to be asking about these B bandwagon fans. It makes I I, I guess we all uh, we all take from. Uh, we all take from from the sport um, something different. At, at least what what draws us to it, right? Um, and 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 maybe this, maybe we're coming at it from, or or I'll just I'll speak for myself. Maybe I'm coming at it from the from the perspective of a of a person who's never won. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is to win a championship. Like I've right. never, I, I never experienced it. Um, it and it's it's absolutely possible that that I never will. Um, right, and. But for me, it's not. It really, um, it, it, and this is not to say that I'm going to be upset. I'm always going to be. I always have been, and I always will be extremely upset when my team loses. Um, I'm going to get butterflies when you know, when, leading up to a big game. And so, in a way, that suggests, well, well, sh- well. Obviously, I do care about <laughs> about wins or losses. But um, at the end of the day, I, I really don't. At the end of the day, it's 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 really just about. Um, you know, it's about have it, it, this is what gives me a sense of identity. Um, you know, the, it's all about just the ritual of gathering with with Pete, with whether it be your friends, your family, right. um, people who you you have a connection with, a bond with through through, through yeah. geography, whatever yeah. it may be. And then There's, in the en- in the end, you have a connection with with it's just with the fan because right. um, this would not be fun without. Right. With without the opposing team to right. hate, right? You can't you can't right. have it without them. So every, every good hero needs a villain. Exactly, and and we're we're always we always get the short end of the stick. But <laughs> well, it's I I think that for me it's it's the tantric element, the tantric nature of 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 sitting there. You know, I watch some of these uh, images of uh, monks or people in this in this in this deep meditative state where they're just like swinging back and forth. And I watch images of like ultras in the stands at a soccer game or of myself in the mirror while I'm watching Mexico play. And I'm like, I'm in a I'm in a tantric state. I'm in a trance while that happens. And I, I believe me, that's that's one of the major reasons why I participate. It it's a very unique way. Uh, to engage in something, uh, uh, um, I guess you could say, uh, extra human outside of of the bounds of of everyday bullshit, and that's why I think we we spectate the spectacle. Yeah, in a way, we have to because we can sit here. The fact that we're sitting here analyzing it and we're we're deconstructing it and and we're basically letting the cat out the bag, like we're saying, like you're acknowledging that 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 you're doing something kind of absurd, you know, something kind of pr- absolutely really, absurd. really really fucking silly. Absolutely um, fucking silly. But part of it is, you know, that that's the whole in a way you it's it's like suspending disbelief, you know, it's like all right, like yeah. uh, you you go into it and you say all right, I'm I'm going to go into this uh it's it's same like with a movie, like you can sit yeah. sit and watch a movie and complain the whole time about how how fake it is. 
right. you know, to enjoy it. You just you immerse yourself in the moment, uh, which is why it kind of pisses me off when, when, um, you know. So if if when when you beat a team, uh, and you and you want to and you want and you want and you're talking shit to to your buddies who are fans. And they kind of, and they're kind of being nice. They're being logical about it. Like they are, they they took themselves out of they right. they, they they took themselves out of the suspension of of, of belief and, and and are like, oh, oh yeah, congratulations. You know, you guys played a good game. And it's like, no, dude, like we're still playing right now. <laughs> like, like hey, we're, hey. We're, we're still in the theater here. Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to talk shit back. <laughs> so I think that fan just bumped up the bandwagon fan up the, up the scale. <laughs> right. And and now we know now now we have a a, a, a baseline, right? Someone that, something to work with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it, dude. Uh, this might be for another. Say but, uh, it. Related to that, what are your thoughts on replay? On replay? Yeah, like so. So say for example, like um, say at the World Cup, they start they start implementing. Um, reviewing, yeah, you're like reviewing plays, reviewing calls. Yeah, yeah. Well, like my my gut, like my my gut response, bam! Like without without analyzing it and 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 like really thinking about it, I'm say I'm against replay because I don't I don't uh, I I'm okay with the with the with the with the tragedy of it, you know. Um, because uh, sometimes I benefit from it and sometimes I don't. Um, I guess the same thing could be said for watching the replay and saying, hey, justice justice was served, you know. But then couldn't you get all existential about replay eventually is what I'm fucking talking about. Eventually we will. We'll start looking at the replay machine and maybe, you know, we think that machines are this, uh, you know, this, <laughs> this, this perfect example of of uh of impartial truth but we don't know that shit that's true I mean, what if they... someone hacks what if someone can hack into it <laughs> that's yeah that that's that yeah that is very possible um but yeah i mean I, I, okay so so we're so we're on the same page uh, good uh yeah I, i'm yeah but the way you said it that that's actually how i've my response as well is my gut reaction is um, I'm opposed to it. I, I, because again, that that's, and the reason I say this relates is because at the end of the day, what it comes, what it's all about is the, the discussion afterwards and, and, you know, the, the, the drama, the drama of it all, the drama of the fact that the drama of the fact that uh, the the ref, the ref blew the call at the, at the end of the game. Absolutely. And, and as painful as it is, you know, that, uh, hey, look at the look at the call uh, against uh, Panama during the Mexico Panama right. game. During if they had reviewed that, you know, story would have been different. But would Panama really have sold out the Rose Bowl? No. <laughs> That's true. Would yeah. Panama have really like presented a challenge? It would have been the most boring soccer game that had ever been witnessed in the story of humanity. You know, you know what? No. So screw replay. And and so and so even and and even when it goes back the other way around, you know, like uh, uh, had that had that um, 
had a what's his the handball? What's his face is flop? No, no, no. Uh, World Cup uh, Netherlands. Oh, um, yeah. Had his flop, uh, you know, been been reviewed and 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 no, overturned, been, right? No, it wasn't, right? And so we we all know that. Um, is you know as, as much as that killed all of us, um, right? I'm okay with that because, like you said, you know we. We'll win some, we'll lose some, and and in the end, what's what's more fun is for me. What's more fun is the whole drama, the drama of it Fuck all. Yeah. That's I, I love, I love that boxing is still one of the few, at least very evidently corrupt sports. You know, right? Um, I, I I love the drama of a of a controversial right. call or a con- right. controversial decision. Right. Meldrick Taylor, Cesar Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez. <laughs> yeah, they no they, they they got it right. I know they got it right. <laughs> But everybody else, they doesn't. Everybody who's not Mexican doesn't think that. Right. But that's the story. That's how it goes. So you heard it here first. Heritage fans, um, bandwagoners are slightly above uh, uh, fans that that act all uh, 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 logical after their team. <laughs> def- is logical is that the word? Or, or, maybe or I don't sensible, know. Sensible. Uh, well, yeah. Really maybe. sensible. Yes. Yes. It's the sensible Taking fans. The, you know, Taking the high road, and and then uh, and number three is um, um, what if replay gets hacked into? Then 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 what? <laughs> this is awesome, man.